Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm 5, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about something very practical, and that is credit and debit cards. I know most five-year-olds don't have a credit or debit card, but they see their parents using it and often ask the question, what is the difference between swiping my bank card as a credit card versus swiping it as a debit card? Oh, that is actually pretty interesting. Um, You know, if you're the consumer, there's only a few small differences. But if you're a shop owner or a merchant, there's actually a much bigger difference to all that. Let's start with the consumer then. Sure. So uh, to the consumer, credit cards and debit cards look almost exactly the same. You know, they both have 16-digit credit card numbers. They both have, you know, expiration dates, magnetic stripes, EMV chips. Uh, Both make it very easy and convenient to make purchases both in stores and online. But there is one small difference from the customer perspective. And that is that debit cards allow you to spend money by drawing on funds you have deposited in your bank account. While credit cards allow you to actually borrow money up to a certain limit to basically purchase items with money you don't quite have yet. And they run over these card networks like, you know, Visa and MasterCard. But don't debit cards sometimes have Visa and MasterCard logos on them as well? You are right. In the US and some other countries, many debit cards have the functionality to be run over the credit cards networks like MasterCard Visa. So this actually allows for usage in situations where a merchant maybe you know does not take a traditional debit card. So if you're not borrowing money to pay, there's little difference from a consumer perspective. Uh, so there's kind of these two other subtle but important differences. Uh, the first one is, If you run your card as credit, some merchants will authorize, you know, a higher or even or lower amount than what was purchased until the transaction completes. You know, for example, if you stay at a hotel and you, you know, leave a credit card on hold. A second difference to be aware of is that many rewards programs for points and cashback, they usually require being run as credit rather than debit. And that's where we get to, you know, the difference from the merchant side of things as well. Uh, okay, so ELI5 thinks then from the merchant's perspective. So for the merchant, it's all about fees. When a customer charges as credit, the credit card networks, you know, again, Visa, MasterCard, etc., they will charge your normal fees for credit cards, which is usually percentage-based and usually on order of like 2 or 3%. And this is what allows credit cards to basically give customers part of this as like a cashback or rewards points. On the other hand, Debit transactions are usually a flat, but rather large, maybe something in the 20 cents-ish range uh, type of fee. And this is one reason why you could do things like get cash out or do cashbacks over debit, but not with credit. So it's typically cheaper for a shop to use debit then? Yes, totally. And this is, again, because payment processing fees are based entirely on this kind of risk assessment basis. You know, the higher the risk of the transaction ultimately being found to be fraudulent, uh, then the higher the fee. So when a merchant takes a payment by credit, there is some risk that it doesn't you know, ultimately go through. However, with debit, the payment processor knows that the card was present, you know, a pin was used to authenticate it. And these uh, variables, along with some others, identify a debit charge as a very low risk transaction. You know, someone would literally have to steal the physical card 
uh, and maybe you have to guess or steal the pin to commit any kind of fraud this way. Uh, it's not very likely, hence the lower fees for debit. Even within credit card transactions, aren't there different grades of transactions based on whether someone has a card or not? Yeah, yep, yep. There's uh, basically two buckets uh, here. One is called card not present, uh, which is basically a purchase over the phone or an online payment or even manually entered at point of sale. Uh, in this case, there's, there was no proof the card itself, the, you know, the physical card was present for the transaction. Hence, a merchant is charged the highest fee because it's easiest to commit fraud like this. Card present, however, means the card was physically swiped at a point of sale. And this can be determined electronically based on how the card data is sent. And there's less risk of fraud here, uh, which also means lower card fees. Got it. Now, finally, what role do MasterCard and uh, Visa play in all of these transactions? Oh, so there's something funny called the, the manic model. But first, let me ELI5 this. Um, basically, if you think about it, I'm a customer. And let's say I bank with some bank, right? Uh, I go to a shop and that shop banks with some other bank. But I like to pay with my credit card that's with some bank. Basically, Visa and MasterCard are basically responsible for taking the details of the transaction and making sure that the merchant's other bank gets the money from my some bank. And that's why they're called the network. Uh, so in this manic model, the N is in the middle. That's the network. Yes, yes, yes. M-A-N-I-C, right? The M is the merchant. Right. Uh, the A is something called the acquirer, which is actually the merchant's bank. Uh, and then in the middle of that word, right, is you got N for the network. And then proceeding forward, we have I for issuer and C for customer, uh, where the issuer is basically the customer's bank or the card issuer. Got it. So Manic stands for merchant, then acquirer, network, issuer, customer. Yep, you got it. All right. We got a little technical there and a little more than ELI5, but hopefully everyone understands it now. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at ELI5, the podcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you have comments and suggestions for us. If you are a regular listener of this podcast, please do take the time to go leave us a review or a rating on Apple iTunes because it helps other listeners to find this podcast. As always, thank you to the community at r slash explain like I'm five, and we will see you all next week.